Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're going to have this ability to now reframe. Allow yourself time throughout the day to stress the fuck out. The thoughts and the feelings and the behavior cycle can start changing. Sleep, not just important to health, wellness, and basic survival, also uh, super key when it comes to weight loss. Today, we are talking to Alana McGinn. She's the founder and lead sleep expert at Goodnight Sleep Site and host of this girl loves sleep. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm tired. You probably get yeah. that a lot. <laughs> I do. I do. Yes. And listen, I feel it too sometimes for sure. <laughs> um, as I sit here and down my coffee, which I definitely want to ask you about what, what's let's, I mean, let's start with that. Cause we all drink our coffee. Can, can we drink coffee and still get a good sleep? Is it a good first thing in the morning? Is it, do we have to cut it off later in the day? What's the deal with coffee? So yeah, absolutely. You can drink coffee and still have a good night's sleep. It depends on the person. You know, some people are more sensitive to caffeine than others. I know some people who can drink a cup of coffee right after dinner and sleep great. I am completely jealous of those people because I am not that person. So I know for me, my cutoff is 2 p.m. I can't have coffee after that time. Um, I have one in the morning and then sometimes I'll have one in the afternoon. But some people need to cut it off at noon. So you have to, we all have our own personal sleep needs. Um, we all have our own sensitivities to certain things like caffeine, whether it be in coffee or tea or pop or chocolate. If you know you're more sensitive to caffeine, it's not a good idea to have it. I would say by noon, kind of cut it off. And I mean, that doesn't mean down five cups in the morning because that can also affect you too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you've been with us for a while now and, and, you know, talking us through a few programs. What, what do you think is the most important thing to know about sleep? I think the most, I think we need to value it. I think we need to value it in the same way that we do eating right, like what your program. And also just for those watching that haven't heard me speak before, I am also a Livy loser. Um, I've been doing this for two years, maybe. Um, I'm in this round with all of you right now, week four, week three, what are we at? Yeah. Well, three. four if you count prep week, but we, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I started a prep week. So I'm in it with you guys. So um, yeah, we need to value it the same way that we do all of our other pillars of health, right? So if you look mm -hmm. at nutrition, if you look at exercise, if you look at connection, connection is a new pillar that I've added. Um, normally, I would just talk on the three with sleep included. But you know, if we've noticed anything in the past four years, connection is so important, right? And this community is a great source for that. Um, yeah. We all know how we feel when we haven't had a great night of sleep. We're not making great nutritional choices. Our body isn't able to metabolize food as well or digest our food as well. We don't have the energy to move our body. Um, and we're not nice to be around when we haven't had a good night's sleep. So there goes connection, right? So as long as we're valuing sleep in the same way and always taking steps to really optimize our sleep health, you're good. 
Have you noticed, especially after the pandemic and, you know, with, you know, people dealing with mental health and, you know, everything that's going on in the world right now, have you noticed an uptick in people like really struggling with their sleep? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I talk a lot more. I'm I'm bringing in more stress management tools into my sleep programs mm. and sleep talks. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that in the next hour um, because that's huge, especially in the past four, four, um, four years. You know, people's stress levels for different reasons are at an all-time high, uh, just given the state of our world, given everyone's each personal circumstances, um, and that can absolutely affect sleep. There's also more and more of us, and I know we'll talk about sleep environment, there's, but there's more and more of us who are still working from home, whether it be hybrid or fully remote. Um, and maybe we're not protecting our sleep space as best we can. So for different reasons, I've seen people sleep take a hit in the past few years. Absolutely. I mean, even in the group, we have a post that it, it goes hand in hand, stress and sleep. So let's let's start with that. Let, let, like, how is stress impacting your sleep? I know it's detrimental on just like your like your mental health and your physical health as well. But how is it actually affecting our sleep? They go hand in hand. Why? So they go hand in hand for a few reasons. If we look at like the biological functions and the scientific functions, um, you know, we all have our cortisol levels and our melatonin levels. At night, yeah. we want to raise our melatonin levels. Melatonin is our natural sleep hormone. And it's largely dictated by our external environment. So this is why darkening up um, our rooms as best we can as we prepare for sleep, getting away from bright screens before we go to sleep. This is going to help release our melatonin and reduce our cortisol levels. When we wake up in the morning, our melatonin levels suppress and our cortisol levels rise. So cortisol is our natural stress hormone. Isn't a bad thing. We all function and need to function with a certain level of that hormone. But what happens is if our body is in even more of a fight or flight mode and, uh, you know, our stress is at an all time high stress, worry, anxiety, that makes our cortisol levels higher and higher and higher so that when we go to bed, it's harder to, you know, suppress that and raise our melatonin levels, not to mention our brain, our brains, you know, they, they work in overdrive because throughout the day, we're super distracted. We don't allow ourselves to work through our problems. This isn't me telling you guys not to stress out. Listen, we're, we're human. You're going to stress out. You're going to have yeah. problems that we need to work through. That's just, that's, that's life. Um, but what happens is we don't allow ourselves time throughout the day to work through those problems because it's so easy to distract us from those problems throughout the day. Then when we lie down in bed, all the distractions are gone and then it's just whoosh and it's important to learn cer certain tools to help um work through those problems whether it be during the day whether it be at night to quiet our mind a little bit i'm um, not fully because your mind is never fully quiet and allow yourself to fall asleep peaceably or fall back asleep if you wake up in the middle of the night so obviously you're going to get into talking about your your sleep hygiene, your environment. I'm thinking journaling, you know, maybe reading before bed. Like what is your suggestion for because that's me, right? Like yeah. I go throughout the day and then I'm so tired and then I lie in bed. My brain's like, oh, you forgot to do this tomorrow. I got to make this phone call. Make sure you got to do this, arrange this, do that. Oh, I got to book this meeting. What do I got going on here? And then I then I'm like in a panic and then I reach for my phone and then I'm starting I'm, I'm starting to Google all the things that I'm like, well, what about this? And then I'm looking at my schedule and make sure I got that. So what's your tips for that? So we'll talk about the phone in a second. Tips okay. for that constant to do list, those constant tabs that are open in our brain. Um, and let's be honest, majority of that time, you know, we see that more with women than we do men. Women tend to kind of micromanage a little bit more in their head. No offense to the men out there. There probably, there could be some men who do the same. 
Um, Pony, we, Pony literally, Pony falls asleep in like two seconds. He oh, like yeah. gets on his phone right, right in his face before he yeah. like, before he goes to bed. Then he turns his phone off and two seconds later, he's like, oh. I'm like, what are you thinking about? He's like driving my car. I'm like, what? That <laughs> well, visual imagery is something. There is something to be said about that, right? Visually, you know, picture something else other than all of the things in your life. But I talk a lot about, I have a personal pause method. So this is something that you incorporate and you have to actively incorporate it throughout the day. So what, there's one or two ways of doing it. One way is just to allow yourself to be in that present moment. We talk a lot about mindful decisions in this program, right? So same thing with throughout the day, um, whether that be, you know, again, two or three times a day, not even two times a day, a minute or two each time, go into a quiet corner in your car, in your cubicle, in a room, wherever, go for a walk and just allow yourself to be present in thought. Um, I always say focus on your your five senses. What are you seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, smelling, um, mindful breathing, anything you can incorporate to allow yourself into that present state of mind. Because the more you practice that throughout the day, the easier it is to incorporate that at bedtime or throughout the night as well. If you do wake up and your brain just starts whooshing, you can kind of take it into a present state of mind. The way that I like to practice my personal pause is I like to allow myself time to what's called constructively worry throughout the day. And this is something that, again, you have to actively make time for. Like I said, we're all going to have stuff to do. I have a to do, I'm in moving state right now. I have like a to-do list of things to do. If I don't tackle that list throughout the day or at least start working through some problems, guess what I'm thinking about at three o'clock in the morning? Even me as sleep expert, like it happens. So give yourself time throughout the day to stress the fuck out work through your problems. Um, and you don't have to solve your problem in that moment. Just take time to take steps towards solving it. So maybe it's booking a mover. Maybe it's, I'm just trying to actually think of the things I actually have to do today. Right. But like just using that as an example, it's a perfect example. Um, you know, arranging for storage, things like that. So it's like, I don't have to store my stuff today, but I just have to take steps towards doing it so that when I wake okay. up at three in the morning and think, Oh my God, I got to do this. This you know what? I did it today. I'll tackle it again tomorrow. We're good. So trying a lot of what you do throughout the day, not just at bedtime can help you sleep better at night. Okay. How much sleep do we need? Six hours, eight hours, 10 hours. Is everyone different? What's the standard? Everybody is different. Um, mm. so, you know, you're going to hear a lot about seven to eight hours and things you read and experts like myself. And there is, there is some truth to that. I think that's a good baseline to try and hit. That being said, there could be some people who function fine on six. There could be some people who function, who might need more and need nine. I always say if you kind of aim towards that six to nine hour mark, again, knowing how you feel, you've just had six hours of sleep. Is it really hard to wake up in the morning? Are you having a lot of daytime sleepiness? Maybe you need to increase it to seven or you feel great on six or maybe you need to increase it to nine. So judge it. If you're that person who's watching right now and thinking, I sleep four to five hours. I'm good. Like I'm functioning fine. There are those individuals that can survive off four to five hours of sleep. It's a very small majority of people and you're probably mm -hmm. not one of those people. So, you know, it's, I always equate it to drinking. The more alcohol we drink, the more your tolerance for alcohol increases, right? Same with sleep. The less amount of sleep that you get per night and consistently so the more your body will feel okay on that amount of sleep because that's just what your body's used to, but that's not necessarily what your body needs. So it kind of, it does affect your judgment on your sleep needs. So aim between those six to nine hours, base it off your wake time in the morning. Okay. So how do you know you're getting enough? I know some people just like, they have to 
you know, set an alarm, they have to get out, you know, they're restricted in how much they can get. But how do you like, is there a measure for knowing you're getting enough? How do I know if I'm an eight person or a six person or a 10 person? Because it seems like no matter how much sleep I get, I'm the same tired. Yeah, I think there's a few ways you can you can uh, find that out. One is again, how do you feel in the morning? Listen, I'm not expecting anyone to like bounce out of bed like Snow White in the morning. Like we're all going to feel tired in the morning, but is it really hard for you to get out of bed in the morning? Are you really sluggish in the morning? And that could be for a few different reasons, but it could also be that you're not getting enough sleep at night. How do you feel throughout the day? Do you have a lot of low energy fatigue? If you're showing a lot of excessive daytime sleepiness and you feel like you're getting in a lot of sleep, that could be a signal of something else like sleep, sleep apnea, which we can talk about later. But how are you feeling throughout the day? I also think in terms of knowing how much sleep you need, how long does it take you to fall asleep at night is a big key. So in saying that, a lot of clients will come to me and say, I go to bed at nine or 10 o'clock at night just because they feel like that's an adequate bedtime. Nine or 10 o'clock sounds like a good bedtime, you know, but it takes me I can't fall asleep until 11 or 12. And this isn't those that are like surfing on their phone till 11 or 12. They're actively trying to fall asleep and unable to until 11 or 12. That signals to me while, and maybe they're trying to get eight hours of sleep. That signals to me, maybe you don't need eight hours of sleep. Maybe you, we may actually need to go to bed later because we don't want to spend too much awake time in bed. So maybe your bedtime should be 11 or 12 o'clock at night so that it's taking you less time to fall asleep at night. So your bedtime and how long it takes you to go to sleep, if you're actively trying to fall asleep, could be an indicator of, do we need to play around with this bedtime a little bit? Oh my goodness. Okay, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get to bed early tonight because I need to get a good night's sleep and then I'm lying there, I'm awake. My body's like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> We're not, not ready yet. Yeah. I'm not ready yet. Okay, something to be said about that. So what about when I'm tired at like eight o'clock at night? I'm like so tired. And then I, Tony's like, let's just watch the show. Let's do this, whatever. And then all of a sudden I, I'm, it's 1030 and I'm wide awake and I'm like, what? The, I was so tired at eight. Should I have gone to bed at eight or like, what do I do there? So at that point, what's happened is now you're in overtired zone. So now your body's adrenaline, your cortisol levels are flush, right? And that's where you're getting that second wind. It happens with our kids all the time. I'm always talking about early bedtime with our kids because we see it happen, especially with our toddlers and our preschoolers all the time. The same can happen to us. And that happens a lot of times, right? Eight o'clock, you're dead to the world, ready to go to bed, but who goes to bed at eight? And then 10 or 11 o'clock, you're wide awake. So when I do say base your bedtime off of how you feel when you go to bed, that doesn't mean you have to be consistent with that every single night. The reason why maybe that night you were dead to the world at eight o'clock is maybe because the night before you didn't get a great night of sleep, or maybe you're fighting something, or maybe, you know, we women, we go through different hormonal shifts. Maybe that night you needed to go to bed early. So it's listen to your body. So it's not just every single night you have to go to bed at this time. Listen to your body, listen to their cues. Probably every night your bedtime isn't going to be eight o'clock, but if you're feeling tired, go to bed. That's okay. Crazy because I think you know, when you're a kid, you have certain bedtimes, right? And I think as you're an adult, you think, Well, this is my bedtime, this is when yeah. I need to go to bed. <laughs> That's the thing like, about adults, we can do whatever we want every night, right? We're in charge of our own schedule and routine. Listen, listen, I mean, who am I telling this to? Listen to your body, right? Listen to your body. Um, what is it telling you? 
Well, it just, you, you're right. Listen to your body, but it just, it just goes to show that, that we're even disconnecting with our sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I'm tired yeah. early, I'm like, but my bedtime isn't until 10, 10 30. So I have to stay up until my bedtime. Like this is how my brain is working. I'm literally having an aha yeah. moment now yeah. when Absolutely. I could have just gone to bed. I'm a grown up. I want to go to bed at eight o'clock. I should have just <laughs> gone to bed at eight o'clock. Like, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right amazing um what are other oh god there's so many different directions we can go in this conversation i want i definitely want to touch about hormones and, and sleep because of course you know so many so many women asking about hormones um you know um night sweats all that kind of stuff but let's let's talk about different let's break it down before that different stages of sleep right so there's deep sleep there's REM sleep what are the different stages of sleep and you know how do i know i'm getting like you know you wear those fitbits and the yeah. the apps and they're telling me I'm getting a certain amount, like how do I get more of a certain amount that I'm not getting? What's the deal with different stages of sleep? So if we look at what's called sleep art architect, it's, we have about four, it used to be five stages, but they've condensed it now to four. We have four stages of sleep that we enter in each cycle of sleep. As adults, we have about five to six cycles of sleep. And in one cycle, we have stage one, stage two, stage three, and stage four of sleep. So stage one and stage two is that lighter state of sleep, right? We're falling asleep. Um, That's maybe like the first, we'll say up to 20 minutes or so of one cycle of sleep. As we get into that 30 or 60, each cycle of sleep, I should say, is about 90 to 110 minutes. As we get into that 30 to 60 minute of sleep, we're in those deeper states of sleep. This is the best restorative sleep that our bodies can get. And then we cycle into lighter state of sleep and continue on. As the cycles of sleep, uh, the more cycles of sleep that we get throughout the night, why it's important to not just focus on the quality of sleep, which is, again, that deep restorative sleep that we want to get. We also want to focus on the quantity of sleep. And when we're aiming for those five to six cycles of sleep, the more the as the night goes on, as we get into cycle like three, four and five of our sleep cycles our our deeper state of sleep, our restorative sleep increases. So we're getting more per cycle. And that's what we want to try and achieve. So when we're cheating ourselves of hours of sleep or minutes of sleep, um, we're not getting enough deep restorative sleep that our body needs throughout the night. So again, this is me going back to like those four to five hours of sleep people. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where, yes, your body might think because you might be getting what's called junk sleep. It's like eating junk food. Sure, you're eating food, but it's junk food. Sure, you're sleeping, but it's junk sleep. It's not the best restorative sleep you could be getting. If that okay, makes so sense. then what? Take me through uh, a perfect night of sleep. Like, am I just sound asleep the whole night? Am I? Is it normal to be waking up? Like, what? How long should I be? Should it be taking for me to fall asleep? Like, take me through a. What's a perfect night of sleep look like? I mean, there isn't such thing as a perfect night of sleep and everyone's different, but no, nobody sleeps through the night soundly. You do not fall asleep and then sleep straight through the night. But what you do do is as we get, as we transition into each cycle, we are partially waking up. You might not wake up enough to even realize it as you transition into that next cycle of sleep. So we could say you're sleeping through the night because you're just kind of waking up. Then there's sometimes where you're waking up and adjusting blankets and adjusting things. If you can fall asleep within a minute or two, that technically still is sleeping through the night. So this is where I say there's no perfect night because somebody might not wake up enough to even notice it. Somebody may wake up just enough to like turn over. You kind of, you know, wake up enough to know you're turning over, but then you fall asleep. 
If it's taking you longer than 10 or 15 minutes to fall back asleep as you either transition through another through a cycle of sleep or wake up halfway through a cycle of sleep for whatever reason, um, that's when you that's what we can call fragmented sleep. So that's when you you can actually say you're having night wakings and what do we need to change? It, was your room okay. too hot? Did you go to bed with a full stomach of food? Is your partner snoring beside you and it's waking you up? Like what's going on? So we all wake up throughout the night. That is completely normal. Um, it's how you transition into the next cycle of sleep that tells you, do I need to make some changes or is there maybe a bigger issue going on? Okay. So lots of people saying I get to sleep. Okay. And then I'm awake for hours in the middle yeah. of the night. So let's start with that. How do we, uh, cause it seems like there might be a few things going on. So yeah. how do we address that? I'm awake. The fuck? I can't get back to sleep. What do I do? Why am I awake? I mean, it could be different could things. Be anything. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, let's look at, let's look at just hygiene, sleep hygiene, right? So let's focus on, okay. So why did you wake up? Is your body? So here's the thing. When we go to sleep, our body can really focus on one thing at a time. And we only want it to focus on quality sleep. We don't want it to be focused on regulating our temperature. We don't want it to be focused on digesting food. So we don't want to eat. I mean, I'm telling this to your community, so we shouldn't be doing this anyways, but we don't want to be eating huge meals right before we go to bed because then our body while we're sleeping is going to be busy digesting that meal and not focused on quality sleep. We yeah. want to make sure that the temperature in the room is good, suited to you. We all do sleep better in a cooler environment um, because if our body is busy trying to warm up, or cool down, it's going to cause fragmented sleep. So look at just the environment um, in general is important. Then we have to look, is, is stress an issue? Are we waking up what we talked about before? Are we waking up and our, our thoughts and, and um, you know, our brain is racing? Do we need to maybe manage our stress, uh, stress levels um, and, and implement some good stress tools throughout the night? Is there maybe a bigger issue like um, sleep apnea or is there an actual sleep disorder? Like there's so many reasons why it could be. Then we get yeah. into hormones for women, right? Um, you know, once you hit that, whether it be perimenopausal, menopausal, postmenopausal, we go through it all. Even if you're not in, in, in um, going through perimenopause for our younger crowds, just, you know, we just having your period throughout the, the month. I mean, that's, there's going to be a couple of days where you're just not sleeping well for the first few days of your period. So our hormones are going to, is that what's waking us up throughout the night? So it's not like when we're dealing with children where it's very black and white, you got to do this, your kid will sleep, you know, with adults, there could be so many different reasons. Um, and this is why keeping a log is a good idea too. If you find that your sleep has kind of been going south, log throughout the night. What time are you waking up at? What do you find? Like, what did you do before you went to bed? Did you have a big meal? Did you drink uh, alcohol before you went to bed? Um, is it something like that? Or is it that your mind is racing? So, and then look at that two week log and make the connections. Wow. I love that. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A sleep log. So, so what do you think about then the, the like the, the sleep apps? Like, you know, because I, I was using one a while ago and it was telling me to log. Or in our app, for example, you can yeah. track how much sleep. So, so what notes would they be taking? Are they waking up and turning on their app in the middle of the night and, and writing down the times that they're awake. Cause you know, I guess it's easier to do while you're actually doing it rather than trying to remember the next day. Like how would you, should we use those or, or should we just use pen and paper? What I always, prefer, yeah, I always prefer pen and paper over a bright screen because again, it's not even just the bright screen. So here's the thing with the bright screen that think of your brain as having that sleep switch, right? It only takes um, seven seconds to suppress your melatonin and turn that sleep switch off in your brain, just to give you an idea. So even if you go to the bathroom, try and keep lights low and dim, right? Um, in the middle of the night. Um, so, you know, that bright screen, again, we don't want to risk that sleep switch turning off, which is going to make it even harder for you to fall asleep. But also as soon as we pick up that phone, I know for many people, it's real hard to put down and suddenly you're going to be maybe check your emails. Maybe you're now you're having trouble sleeping. So you're going to go on to TikTok and you're going to go on. You know what I mean? So I would prefer you to wait and then log it in the app in the morning and write it pen to paper or try to remember. I mean, here's the thing. Typically, people wake up at a certain time that's pretty consistent. So, you know, the first night you wake up, you look at the clock, it's three you try and remember three, even if you don't remember it, the next night you wake up, it's about three Oh five. So, you know, you can start kind of remembering that time that you typically wake up at. Um, but avoid the phone as best you can. Okay. So you can like journal at night or write it down on a piece yeah, of paper. Write it down. Absolutely. Pen to paper for yeah. sure. And then yeah. plop it into your app the next day. If you want, what about the yeah. sleep? What about sleep sounds? Like I, you know, um, which is, I listen to the Harry styles, like, good night. Yeah. How are you feeling tonight? Let's, take a look at your environment. Like what do they work or not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, uh, certain apps like calm, that's the one you're talking about that Harry's on. Um, yeah. there's some like not all tech is bad and not all tech is equal. So okay. calm app, like there's some great apps that, cause often, you know, we talk about learn to meditate and do some mindful breathing and do some mindful exercises. I know for myself, when if people would say that to me, I'd be like, I got to now learn. Now I got to learn how to meditate. Like, I don't have time to learn how to meditate. That's just another thing I got to add to my list of things to do. Right. Yeah. So what I love about these apps is they guide you through it. You don't have to learn how to do it. They take you through the exercise themselves. So they work, they can work really, really well. Um, there's a lot of great apps that will incorporate mindful breathing. I'm a huge proponent of my mindful breathing. Study after study show that certain breathing exercises can lower heart rate. Um, reduce um, worry and anxiety and calm the body and mind down. You can yeah. incorporate it all throughout the day, not just at bedtime. Um, but again, there's a lot of apps that will teach you that. Calm is one of them. Breathe is one of them. Headspace. Um, I'm just trying to think offhand the different apps. But even just going on YouTube and just Google breathing, uh, breath work exercises, you know, and you'll okay. get there's so many that you can choose from. So yeah, I'm all for the apps. Um, it just makes life easier. And we all need that in our life for sure. Right. I love that. Okay. Um, you mentioned melatonin. So what about supplements, melatonin, THC, L-theanine? I mean, you know, we do suggest magnesium and 
people do associate that with sleep because it can relax the body. It's not a sleep aid, but what about, yeah. what about those types of things? Do you, do you suggest that or not? So in terms of melatonin, um, I don't think everyone needs melatonin. Here's the thing. Melatonin is a natural sleep hormone. It's a hormone. It's not mm. a mineral. It's not a vitamin. And I think people forget mm. that. So when they're taking it, they're thinking of that. But mm -hmm. you're actually taking a hormone in a sup in a um a, not a supplement in a synthetic uh way, right? That's yeah. probably not the right dose that you need, and it's not being released in your body um the proper way that melatonin should be. And chances are you're not deficient in melatonin. You're just not setting up the right environment to properly release it. So that's where you need to start. So um, it's a simple test too that you can get done to see if you're you're deficient in melatonin at the doctor's office. Um, okay. focusing on your external environment. So the light and the dark of the day, this is your biggest cue to either release your melatonin or suppress it, darkening up the room as best you can. And in the morning, immersing yourself in that natural light. Um, it does play a role. I think for people who travel going through different time zones, they need to get their circadian rhythms kind of back on track. Um, certain people on medications, um, you know, there's a lot of adults now that are being diagnosed with ADHD. So perhaps taking some ADHD medications where melatonin can play a role. So it's not to say that no one should be using it, but it's so readily available and it, it's marketed as a sleep aid. So a lot of people think it's like a sleeping pill. It's going to make you tired. That's not what melatonin does. Um, so it's not something I recommend normally. Um, magnesium is my go-to always. I mean, I know, you know, it's, it's big in your, in your program too, which I love. Um, it really does not only help build your immune system, but just helps relax the body and mind. Um, and that is something that I personally include in my, in my, um, in my supplements, my daily supplements. And, uh, I do recommend to people, I'm not a doctor. So always check with your doctor on what supplements yeah. you should include. Um, but may, I would say magnesium is the M that I think you should go for. Things like CBD, I haven't personally done enough research on whether CBD is something good to incorporate for sleep. There has been a lot, and there hasn't been that many studies done on the sleep side of it. There's been a lot of studies done on the anxiety side of it. And as we know, that goes hand in hand. If we can reduce our anxiety, we can probably sleep better. Um, again, this isn't me telling everybody to go pop a gummy and get on the CBD, CBD train. This is something to talk to your doctor about or your naturopath about. Um, but I would prefer someone having that conversation and perhaps decision over right away getting on a prescription, um, sleeping pill, because those can be really hard to wean off of and might not work as well down the road. Okay. Just going back to the melatonin, do you think that'd be something beneficial for, um, like a shift worker as well? We have a lot yeah. of shift workers yeah. in the group. Yeah, absolutely. Again, conversation with your doctor is the best thing you can do, okay. but melatonin is great for people who are sleeping against their natural sleep clock. Cause here's the thing. We all function, um, off of a 24 hour biological clock. That 24 hour clock doesn't change just because we don't sleep against the proper clock. Right. So for shift workers, um, yeah. we're, we're, they're sleeping against their natural clock, which it is what it is. This is the hours you have to work. That's where melatonin can play a role. Um, yeah. but again, it's best to talk to your doctor about making sure you're getting the right kind, the right brand, the right kind, the right dose and taking it properly and, and timed well when you're taking it. Okay. I, I hear people talking about THC, which is a bit different from CBD. We're talking actually mm -hmm. like smoking weed or whatever. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. Like I hear a lot of people be like, well, I have to eat something before I go to bed or I can't sleep. I mean, that's because 
you're kind of like you get that high and then you crash and then mm -hmm. you fall asleep. And the same thing with THC, because I, I used to smoke my share of weed before bed. I, I haven't for the last couple of years, but it would help me sleep. But I never got that deep. Like I never woke up feeling well rested whenever I did that. So is there is there something to be said that, OK, it can help you get to sleep. But if you if you can't get to sleep, and you have to take something like that to get to sleep. There's you're there's something else you're missing out on. Chances are there's probably a bigger issue that we need to address if if that's what you need to fall asleep. Now, that being said, listen, I'm all for, um, you know, the occasional THC um, usage um, because I do feel like it can work really well for quieting the mind, reducing anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And just, you know, there's to me, there's no difference between that or having a glass of wine at night just to relax mm -hmm. a little. Right. Okay, um, yeah. But in the same vein, it's the same as having that glass of wine in order to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. If it's becoming that crutch where now I can't fall asleep if I don't have any THC or I don't have that glass of yeah. wine, now there's an issue. What do we need to deal with um, or change so that we don't need any kind of external thing in order for us to fall asleep? Okay. So I'm, I'm, this is a good segue, I'm assuming, into sleep hygiene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like, and, or am I, am I is that the right term? Sleep, is sleep hygiene, is that like just making sure your environment, all of that? Did I get that right? Yeah. So sleep hygiene are what I call like behavioral changes that we can make. So it's changing habits. It's lifestyle mm -hmm. changes to help us sleep better. It's steps and practices that you can practice in order to optimize your sleep health. So it is things like bettering your sleep environment, um, practicing consistent sleep patterns, again, focusing more on uh, you know, not having that regimented bedtime, but, you know, trying to go to bed around the same time every night, waking up at the same time in the morning, um, uh, you know, practicing a great bedtime routine to help prepare your body to sleep. So uh, for bedtime routine, I like to practice what I call the slowdown hour. Um, and this is where you're taking an hour before you're going to bed to really help prepare you to go to sleep because it's hard to go from 100 to zero. So yeah. in that slowdown hour, break it up into three 20 minute increments. Um, the first 20 minutes, it's reducing that to do list in our brain and reducing that stress management. So what can we do in that first 20 minutes to help prepare for the next day? Write out Meg, you were saying, you know, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I have to do this. Write out that to do list pen to paper. There's something to be said about pen to paper. Um, you know, I need to make this appointment. I need to, you know, whatever you need to do the next day or a week from now, something that, you know, that might keep you up at night, jot it down, yeah. give your brain that dump, get it out. The next yeah. 20 minutes is all about you. So it's washing your face, brushing your teeth, doing all your beauty care, um, changing into pajamas. You know, a lot of us are still working from home, whether it be remote or, or, you know, fully remote or, or hybrid. And we're going to bed in the same thing that we woke up in. So we're not allowing our body to associate, to make a strong association between what we're wearing and sleep. We're not cueing our body to go to bed. And something just as simple as changing into pajamas can do that. So don't, you know, if, even if you're, you work outside of the house, you come home from work, the bra comes off, the comfies go on, and then you're cooking dinner in that outfit and you're sitting on the couch in that outfit. And then you roll into bed in that outfit. So again, there's that, there isn't that break in that for to build that strong association. So don't go to bed in the same outfit that you just cleaned the kitchen and cooked your dinner in. You know, something as simple as that. The last 20 minutes is any kind of relaxing activity that you can do. So whether it be mindful thinking, mindful breathing, 
whether it be reading a few chapters in a book or a few pages in a book, however long it takes you, um, whether it just be having conversation with your partner in bed, whatever you want to do to kind of put you into that relaxing state of mind. Um, A bedtime routine is really important. You know, we do it a lot for our kids and we tend to not do it for ourselves, which I think is important. Yeah, because I'm hearing people, I can't fall asleep and I'm waking up in the middle of the night and I don't feel well rested when I, you know, wake up. And I think they're looking for one-offs and things that you can do when I wake up to get me asleep, when, I, you know, to, to get a better sleep. When it really, it's a lot of the things, it's kind of like maximizing your sleep. There are so many things that you can do to help improve your sleep. And if you can't get more sleep, like say if you're a new mom or something like that, then you mm-hmm. you could get better quality sleep. I, I love that there's so many things to do. I do want to talk about how much I've learned from you because I used to have my office in my room and I, you know, I'm like, I'm watching TV. I am on my phone. I, you know, and my best sleeps I were get, I, is always after I'm done talking to you and then I fall back to old habits is where I leave my phone in my office for the night. And I, yeah. you know, I, I turn the lights down and I, I do a whole like face washing routine. Whenever I do like a face mask and thing, I always sleep better. So, you know, I, I know everyone wants specific answers for specific things, but I think it's really about doing all of the things that you can do or as many of the things as you can do as possible to make, a, to make, to, to help all around, regardless of what your issue is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 100%, you have to look at this is, and this is going back to that first question you asked me is what do people need to know? And I said, we need to value mm. sleeping the same way as the other pillars. So here's the thing. If, if you like people watching right now might be like, my sleep's pretty good. Like I probably need to do some changes and maybe they're taking a couple things from what I say and incorporating that into their sleep plan. Whereas there's some people who are like, my sleep is a disaster. I need to make all the changes, need to do all the things. So they're going to take in more. But I think what's important is just like putting together an exercise plan, just like putting together a nutritional plan. You can't just do one thing and get the results that you want. So it's the same with sleep. If you are actively trying to better your sleep health because you really feel you need to, you can't just tidy up your bedroom and expect to sleep better because you're still on your phone until two o'clock in the morning. And you can't just, you know, not eat a heavy meal, but everything else is a disaster, right? Like you have to incorporate not all the tools. You don't also don't have to walk away with everything I'm talking about today and think you have to apply it all, but apply what you think resonates with you include that in your sleep plan, but then you have to commit to it. You can't just do it one night and expect results, right? It takes 21 days to change a habit. And a lot of what I talked about today is just that it's changing habits. We should do like a whole sleep challenge with you. I, my brain is going to Yeah, we we should do a sleep challenge. We should do masterclasses. We should do a ton of stuff. I mean, is this what you do? Like I'm, I'm like, do you help people create a sleep routine? I would imagine you assess what people need to work on and you help them follow through. Is that what you do? That's exactly what we do. So we work with uh, we work with families, we work with individuals, we do a lot of corporations too. We work with entire teams, and whether that be through like lunch and learn something similar to this, or a masterclass, or corporate challenges, um, and we kind of just you know dive into what their current sleep situation is and better it in whichever way that we have to. Now I'm not a sleep therapist, so if there's a bigger issue going on like something like sleep apnea, I can't diagnose you with sleep apnea, I can see the red flags, refer you to your doctor who would then refer you to have a sleep study done. Yeah, because we've had a lot of people asking about CPAP machines, and how do you get mm-hmm. off those? And what can you do with those? And that would be more associated to actually sleep apnea? Yeah, 
Yeah, that's where you need to talk to an actual sleep doctor. Um, yeah. who would diagnose you, you know, that works in if you're using a CPAP machine, chances are you got a study done at either a sleep clinic or sleep lab, it would be the doctors at that sleep clinic or lab that would help you uh, or where you rented the sleep or bought the CPAP machine from that would help you determine that. Okay, one more question before we go blue light glasses. If I buy the blue light glasses, can I still stay on my phone and watch TV? <laughs> uh, yes and no. So here's the thing, if you're gonna, okay, so let's just, let's quickly talk about tech, because I know that that's an important one. Here's my views on tech. Um, if you are watching this right now, and you're like, my sleep is a disaster, and I need to make some serious changes, or if you're someone who's really actually been diagnosed with chronic insomnia, and you really need to, you know, just completely change your sleep health, um, yeah. remove tech from your bedroom. It's the best thing you can do, okay? Um, I know everyone probably uses, if I say type A right now in the comments, guys, who uses their phone as their alarm clock, I'm going to imagine it's just going to be A's across the board. There you go, right? If you can just use it as your alarm clock, amazing. But if you don't have the willpower for it to not be the first thing you look at when you wake up in the morning, the last thing you look at before you go to bed, stores still sell, look at all the A's, stores still sell alarm clocks, okay? Um, so the best thing you can do is remove it from your, from your bedroom. If you are someone who, again, is watching this and you're like, my sleep's okay, but I probably could change some things, set boundaries on what you're watching throughout the night. So yes, the blue blocking glasses are going to be great because they're going to, you know, help suppress that melatonin. I mean, if you're really, or sorry, release that melatonin. If you're really looking to get a great melatonin hit, stay away from okay. bright screens in general. Um, but set boundaries. You know, don't, this isn't me giving you permission to scroll on the phone until two o'clock in the morning, but just watch like one episode of a show rather than the entire season. Um, you know, stay away from the news if headlines are really triggering and that's just going to amp up your stress and anxiety. Check in on the social media accounts that lift you up and not bring you down. We all know those ones. Check in with the people who lift you up and don't bring you down, right? So set boundaries on the tech that you're allowing in because it's not so much the bright screen. It's also what is our brain and our body and mind absorbing right before we go to bed. Okay. One last question. I promise. Um, yes. what happens if I stay up and watch the whole series and can I make up for my sleep the next day? Can you make Ooh, up for sleep you didn't get? It takes you 24 hours to make up for one hour loss of sleep. So no, you can't now. So think of sleep debt. Our sleep debt is like a bank debt, right? Let's say we're in debt nine, 10 hours of sleep, just like we're in debt, $10 of sleep. If we put in an extra dollar or two into that, $10 debt, well, we still have a nine or $8 debt. If we just sleep an extra hour the next day or on the weekends, because we all think we can catch up with our sleep on the weekends, and we're only sleeping an extra hour or two, we still have a debt of nine, eight or nine hours of sleep. So this isn't me saying, listen, there's going to be late nights, there's going to be nights where you just can't turn the TV off. Like we're human, I get it right now. I'm binging a show that I cannot stop watching. So I totally understand it. Just don't make it a consistent thing. Okay. Elena, I mean, I, I'm sure we, I'm sure we can go down a rabbit hole of uh, more questions, but our time is up. I absolutely adore you. I love you. Thank you for giving your time to us today. Uh, where can people reach out and find you? Because I know everyone's going to ask. Well, right back at you and at this entire community. Um, you can reach me at goodnightsleepsite.com. That is our website. Um, I'm on Instagram at gnsleepsite or alana.mcginn on Instagram. Uh, Facebook, goodnightsleepsite. I'm all over the place. I'm very easily found. 
Amazing. And now my brain is going a mile a minute. We absolutely need to do a sleep challenge. We need to do some master classes. I mean, I'm sure there's so many people that can benefit from further conversation. So we're going to chat about that. Thanks everyone who has been joining us live. Remember, if you can't catch us live, we'll repost the segment in the guides. And you can also download and listen by way of our podcast. And if you're listening by way of our podcast today, hello. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Lana. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.